and welcome to another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And as we've promised, this, this episode is also a patron-requested episode. Uh, we're mm -hmm. going to be talking about Crater Maze for... Hang on to your hats. The TurboGrafx-16, a game I did not pick this time for that system. Who, uh, which friend of yours? Which friend of yours is this? Uh, this is, Who well, is this now, now it's one of my favorite patrons, Kevin. But we're not going to talk <laughs> about that game yet. We'll talk about it in a few moments. But first, Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? Uh, uh, Zelda. Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. With a, a main course of Zelda with a side of Street Fighter VI. Um, really enjoying both of those. Still playing through that that weird as hell single player on street fighter six i've kind of uh, picked yuri um hey don't judge me and don't you know don't assume why i picked her um i've, I've kind of picked her as the character god damn it i'm gonna get good with so, yeah decent enough with and you have to on here because they, they make it suck to change characters <laughs> in multiplayer um but no, um, playing through that a lot. And but the weirdest thing happened along the way is my fiance has been really big in Fallout seventy six, and I intermittently may have found myself knee deep in it again. Uh, and that's one of those games I fall in and out of, in and out. And the thing is, with a game like that, it's a whole different game when you go a year without playing so i'm really enjoying that and that's that's you know it's 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 there also but um the zelda and street fighter 6 train are are rolling pretty damn strong with me still this week probably that that will you, you're free to ask next time too but i that's probably gonna be the answer for a while that's gonna be the new stardew valley for me as far as what i've been playing for weeks and weeks and months yeah, you know I'm going to ask, but I, I also have only been playing a handful of things. I'm, I'm still playing mm -hmm. Street Fighter VI. You know, I mm -hmm. I was the one that the least likely to enjoy Street Fighter VI, in, in my yes. opinion at least. Um, but I, I am fully enjoying it, not just World Tour mode, which is fun on its own, but I've been actually playing some ranked matches, uh, which was unheard of in, in, previously yeah. for me. Um, what, um, if, if I could ask, what is it about this one? that's Because uh, a lot of people, I know this one has grabbed several friends of mine that are not fighting game people what what what's got hold of you on this one that you're actually sticking with it well the fact that we have you know we've had a couple nights where people on our on our discord are playing all you know yeah, first yeah, matches yeah. there and i was not nearly as bad as i expected i wasn't great by any <laughs> means but i didn't lose every round um also i started the game you know there was a character named jp so i was like all right i'm gonna learn it well, and yeah, at first i was blown away with that character he's got a lot of neat moves that are you know distance moves and there are a lot of like uh, you know, kind of situational things that if you don't know how to read them, it's like, how the hell do you fight this guy? But it turns out everyone's mm -hmm. figured out how to fight this guy. Uh, I switched off JP because I do not enjoy playing as him. Uh, it's just not a kind of... Uh, even though I know I'm not good at Street Fighter, I do know that the kind of style I like is more like... In the same way that I, in, in 3D shooters, I like shotguns. You can run forward and just yeah. pass. In a fighting game, I want to be up close. I don't want to do distance fighting. I suck yeah. at it. I need to be right in your face. Uh, and fairly unrelentless. So I, I did not like him. Who I am using, though, which is surprising, is I've been playing a lot of uh, Marisa because I do yeah, like yeah. kind of oh, slow, heavy great. hitters. And she's got yeah. a lot of, of of 
fast but heavy hitting moves. Um, yes. And I don't have to worry about doing a 360 motion like I would with Zangief. So I am I'm enjoying playing as Marisa. But the other things okay. I've been playing, uh, along with people on our Discord playing uh, playing Street Fighter Six. I think I mentioned last episode, or maybe two episodes ago, I was playing through Castle Crashers with some guys on there, and there will be a bonus episode yeah. about Castle Crashers, but my kids watched me play it, and then they really wanted to play it. So I've had my second playthrough now uh, with my kids, uh, different characters, but it doesn't change the game overall, but it's neat to see how the other characters' magic and stuff changes. I'm enjoying that thoroughly, uh, but also, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of kind of group plays, or for a while we were doing like... Mm -hmm. um, Zelda the Minish Cap and Metroid mm -hmm. Fusion, some other stuff. Uh, one of the, the people on our Discord has organized a Dark Souls playthrough that's going to take place oh, like, over like 26 weeks. So I started that as well. Uh, we're on week one, so anyone can join. Uh, it's free. Come to our Discord. Look at the I Want to Play How, Game what's, channel. What's 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 the goal for week one? How far are you, uh, you guys trying uh, to get? The, the Taurus Demon on top of the bridge, uh, like okay. kind of immediately in the Undead Burg. It's an easy pickup. If you played the game before, yeah, you can get there an hour a, and a half. Yeah, so it sounds like kind of realistic, realistic goals. It's realistic goals, especially because we're trying to get people who maybe don't like these games or haven't put a lot of time into them to give them a shot, I think is the goal yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've played it a bunch before, then yeah, you're going to play for an hour and you'll be at the checkpoint, and that's okay too. But then you can yeah. also sit there and grind or do whatever you enjoy doing in these sort of games. It, it's been Hell a fun yeah. time. Um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Street Fighter sticks still. And I'm pretty sure Jeremy's going to say the same thing, but maybe he's going to surprise us. Jeremy, what have you been mm. playing? I've been playing the getting the mail ready for the... The question section. That's a good game. That's a tough game. Yeah. I, I, nobody win, Nobody wins that game either. I'm actually just on the last boss here, but uh, no, I, <laughs> I I have been playing a lot of Street Fighter uh, yeah. since then. Not as not quite as much as I was since I beat like the World Tour mode and stuff like that. Um, but I did just actually beat Diablo Four uh, just yesterday, Ooh. so um, that game's kind of got me now too. It is. It's really good. I, is there a I, lot of in-game stuff? Yeah, there's a ton. Okay. Uh, it, it really seems like they've they yeah. focused a lot on the in-game stuff. There's just, it, it, once the credits get done rolling, you know, it does that thing of, here's like seven or eight pop-ups of just like, oh. here's all this other shit you need to do now yes. that wasn't in the game before. Yeah. Um, but it's here now because you beat the game and it's, yeah. you know, there's like two, two more difficulty levels that you need to go through. That, oh my God. It, that game like, is my biggest temptation right now. I'm, I'm telling myself I have to finish Zelda first, but every day I'm, I'm coming closer and closer to folding. It's, it's really good just to kind of sit down and, you know, if you don't want to do the story, you can run into some of the mm -hmm. dungeons and stuff. They're all about maybe 15, 20 minutes a piece. And yes. there's so many of them and it's just really fun. Uh, it, it's, you know, a lot of people were trying to, was kind of saying this was just going to be the world of Warcraft for Diablo. But, uh, you know, for as much as you are playing with other people and you do see them in town, you don't run into them much at all out in, mm -hmm. when you're out in the wilderness, you know, maybe one or two here and there, yeah. but it, yeah. it was always more of just like, Oh, wow, there's a person over there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, you know, it's, it's not so much like an MMO. It's still very much is like you're playing by yourself for the most part as Diablo was intended. Um, yeah. so it's, it, it's, it's a really fun game and it, it's one of, it's just so goddamn depressing and dark and dire and gross what? and, that sounds Whoever, like Diablo right there. That's, well, that's you know, ideal there was, Diablo. <laughs> there was like a, a brief kind of detour with Diablo 3 in terms of just, you know, being the most disgusting looking game you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but we're back in, in strength here. And I would love to be the person that made the sound effects for this game because it sounds mm. like they had a lot of fun. <laughs> mm. It is... Uh, 
it, it's just the the worst looking and the the worst sounding game in the best ways possible. Um, and that alone has held my attention. There's so many skulls in this game. Uh, it's it, it just a lot of skulls. And, and anything that has a lot of skeletons and skulls, then you've got my my vote yeah. of confidence. Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend Diablo Four if you're if you're into that kind of you know RPG loot game or whatever. Um, and if you get roped into that, there's so much here to do that it, it's kind of hard to stop sometimes. Like I had to mm. stop myself last night. Uh, I had been playing most of the day. But yeah, yeah, it's just that kind of game. And Diablo three never grabbed me like this one did. And yeah. so this one, this one's got me. So yeah, highly recommended. Well, it's good to hear you say that you didn't like Diablo three as much. It just didn't grab you. Like I liked Diablo three. I played through it one time, and then mm-hmm. when I tried to do a follow up playthrough, I lost interest almost immediately. Um, however, a game that has nothing to do with Diablo is the one we're going to talk about today: Crater Maze for the TurboGrafx sixteen. Yeah. So as we mentioned at the start of the show, this is a patron-requested episode, and this episode is on Crater Maze, requested by Kevin, who's on the phone now. Hi, Kevin. Hello. Uh, now, I'm hoping, I'm not hoping, it's fine if you're not, I'm assuming uh, that you were also a Turbo Graphics kid like I was, since you picked a game on the Turbo Graphics, the only patron to ever do so. Yeah, uh, I I actually had the Turbo Graphics 16 as a kid. Uh, one of the guy- kids down the street had one, and I just fell in love with it and talked my parents into it. Well, yeah, I, I again, I've explained it several times. My dad liked to buy the system that didn't win, so we got the Turbo Graphics just at <laughs> random because that's what he bought. But I loved it. Now, Crater Maze is not a game I did have at the time. I, I wasn't a big fan of what I would consider it. It's not really a puzzle game. It's kind of an action puzzler, like a Bubble Bobble or a, or a uh, Bomberman kind of game. But I would have considered this a puzzle game, and I did not pick this up when I was younger. Now, I'm, I have enjoyed playing what I've played so far, but is this, uh, like, did you have a, a, a bunch of TurboGrafx games, or is this, like, you had two or three, and this was the one you remembered, because it is kind of unique? I think I had, like, five or six TurboGrafx games, and uh, this one was actually supposed to be my brother's, but looking back, it was probably the game I, uh, uh, I think, of fondest when I played the system. Playing through this game for the podcast, I definitely, you know, I started off and I, it's not the game I thought it was. I, when I looked at, you know, the request, I was like, oh, I remember this game, I think. I was thinking of Chu Man Fu, a totally different game that is much more of a straight puzzler game that was on the Turbo Graphics. Terrible name. Crater Maze is a much cooler name. Um, but what is it about Crater Maze specifically that you were like, I have to get these guys to talk, to talk about it? Uh, you mean other than representing the TurboGrafx-16? Uh, <laughs> like I said, it was, it's probably the game that we had that uh, I look back uh, with the best memories of. It's definitely the one I played the most. Uh, I mean, other choices would have been Taking It to the Hoop, which was the only sports <laughs> game I kind of enjoyed. Uh, Motor Rotor, which is not a great racing game. Not terrible, but not great. And so it just uh, seemed like a natural fit for me. Well, I'm I'm excited because it, again, it's game. It's one of the Turbo Graphics games I didn't put a lot of time into before. And again, anytime I can get Jeremy and Billy to revisit the Turbo Graphics, especially when it's not something I pick, so they they might go into it with an open mind. When I pick it, they know this guy's got it out for us. But with maybe with a patron picking it, <laughs> they will give it a shot. Also, it's not. Uh, it, because it's a game I haven't played, you know, some of the Turbo Graphics games I've picked in the past have been uh, 
ones that I knew might be a little difficult to get into, like Silent Debuggers. You know, I, I enjoyed that as, at the time, but playing it back, I was like, ooh, this is this is really clunky for what it is, and they definitely didn't get the, uh, <laughs> the, the rose-colored glasses I had to look through these. So this will be fun to talk about with them. If you don't mind talking more about the Turbo Graphics, I'd like to talk about it for a few more minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So d- did you also happen to have the CD add-on for the Turbo Graphics? No, no. Uh, I kind of wish I had. Actually, what I wanted was the Turbo Express. Mm. Yes, I love the Turbo Express. If, if you're listening to this, you don't remember the Turbo Express. It was basically a handheld. It almost looked like a, a Watchman, uh, which if you don't know what that is, look it up. It, it's basically a little handheld, like a Game Boy, but it runs on the actual TurboGrafx cart. You could plug the same cart from your system right into that, that Turbo Express, and it would work. It also had a TV tuner, so you could watch TV. I never had one of those. I wanted one. Uh, we did have the CD add-on. I don't quite know exactly why my parents bought it, but I was thrilled about it. Uh, that was the the real benefit for me of that system was that that's the first time I had played games that had that full cartoon, you know, CG, well, not CG, full cartoon animated intros to things, and I was blown away. For me, that's a very graphics thing. I don't know it's on everything, but at the time, that was the first time I had seen, like, full videos that had sound and, like, amazing. It was, it was amazing. So this this system was something I played a lot of. I love that you mentioned taking to the hoop. I don't know anybody else who played the Turbo Graphics enough that played sports games, but my friends and I would play uh, taking to the hoop, but also the wrestling game they put out of there, Royal Rumble, and uh, the TV sports football and basketball. Those were good, too, I, I thought. I haven't played the other two, but taking it to the hoop I definitely enjoyed. I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, uh, Crater Mace is definitely... It's similar to Bomberman. Yeah. But it's also, uh, as you said, more of a puzzle game, too. Billy and I had talked about this on the episode about um, this ha- last Halloween we did a game called um, oh, Nightmare in the Dark. And that's one that's it's very much like, like Bubble Bobble or something. But it's still like when you're playing it, it's got more of a puzzle feel to it than that kind of game did. And this, this felt like to me, I, I don't want to say it's like Bomberman because if you go into it thinking it's like Bomberman, it doesn't play like that. It looks similar. It's a top-down kind of maze-ish game, but it's got a lot more depth to it than I think Bomberman does. Yeah, it makes pretty good use of the turbo function on the controller with being able to just crank it up and dig and uh, bury the enemies uh, really quick. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because then all of a sudden you've blocked off a section that you can no longer <laughs> dig past. And if you have like a whole row you've filled up with them, well, you have no defense in that area anymore. Yeah, there's definitely... I mean, Bob Rain, you have ways to, to kind of screw yourself too, but this seems like you can really uh, ruin your day by digging carelessly uh, through the levels. So I'm sure that Jeremy and Billy will have, have some similar thoughts after they've played it too because, again, they've never played this before. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say at all about anything? Just that I really love listening to your podcasts. Uh, I've been listening for about five years now. And uh, they are absolutely fantastic uh, when I'm driving down to Disney World. It's a uh, 32-hour drive uh, both ways. (laughs) (laughs) From central Canada all the way down to Florida. And uh, we usually do it annually. So I kind of save up the episodes and uh, listen to you guys all the way down and all the way back. Well, I I would say uh, I'm happy to hear that. I am happy to hear that. Maybe I should apologize to the other people in the car, but probably not. I'd like to think we're a good time. And actually, that's when I listen to most of my podcasts in the car as well. So I'm glad we can help out. uh, Even if it's a happy trip to Disney World, that's a long car ride. So I'm glad we can help break up some of that monotony because there's long portions of that drive, I'm sure, that are just dull and awful to look out the window for. So glad we can help. Um, And thank you for recommending this game. I'm I'm hoping other people will give this and the TurboGrafx a shot uh, after they hear what we have to say about it. 
Thanks. I really hope you guys enjoy it. I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, you have to say about it. All right. Thank you. So I mentioned the start of the episode. Oh, I just did that. All right, so we heard from Kevin and why he had this game because uh, it was one of the few he had on TurboGrafx. Uh, another fellow TurboGrafx owner. Uh, I had actually never played this before this podcast, and I did own a TurboGrafx. Oh, I guarantee wow. neither of you guys did, but I'm going to ask anyway: Did either of you play Crater Base before this podcast? No, it's 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 like I say. Um, every time we do a, a Turbo Graphics game, which I, I you'll be happy to know, I'm dreading less and less lately over the years uh, this used to be a death sentence but um after, after we got away from your favorite turbo graphics game oh. it, it's brightening up a little bit but no this was um this was like I've, I've said before as a kid this was the one that got away this was that one system i never owned very very little access to um outside of a few you know toys r us demos which had i think maybe splatterhouse and bonk um i i just i never got very hands-on with the turbo graphics so i just about every game probably with the exception of those splatterhouse and bonk and the uh, the crush pinball games um our most turbo graphics games we do on here are are brand new to me and this is no exception i i couldn't have told you this existed um before it came up as a, a game to review. So no, uh, brand new for me going in. Never heard of it. Like 80% of the Turbo Graphics library mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, we've mentioned it before, like, you know, the other, other Turbo Graphics episodes, like Billy said, it, it's uh, Turbo Graphics was just always that weird system in Toys R Us that, you know, that, that was it. That's, yeah, but no, nobody mine. nobody owned it. Nobody owned no. it, but it was there. <laughs> I I did not know anyone that owned it. I did not see any store except Toys R Us carry yeah. anything for it. And yeah. the only time I literally ever saw it was you know before you got to the games at Toys R Us, they always had the systems and the glass cases. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Stuff. And it was like, hell yes. I saw that one. I was like, what is that thing? <laughs> and it, that was all I knew of the Turbo Graphics, unless I saw yeah. it in magazines. Then I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. You know, bonk mm-hmm. and stuff. That's neat looking game, you know, Castlevania and stuff like that, that I'd never get to play. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was more of a mystery to me as a kid. And mm-hmm. I can't say I wasn't just a bit jealous of, of those mystery people that did have it. Well, I had a handful of games, like I mentioned. Creative Marines was not one of them, and I'm not too surprised I didn't pick this up. Uh, there were a lot of um, what I would consider to be kind of puzzle games on the TurboGrafx. This is a fairly early game. This came out in 1990. The system had come out in 1989, uh, and this was an early 1990. Uh, this was published and developed by Hudson Soft, like most of the library on the TurboGrafx-16. Um, in this game, you and your friends are flying around through space-time and get captured uh, by some sort of uh, like clay golem looking thing who ca- kidnaps your friends and uh, sends you to different time pr- periods to find your way through these mazes to ultimately save your friends. Uh, there are 60 levels in this game. Uh, every 15, you will save a friend. And there are, in fact, bosses at levels 30 yeah. and 60. I would be surprised if either of you got to a boss, but we will find out when we get that far in the game. Uh, Jeremy, how would you describe 
this game? Because I, I had a thought on how I described it, and I kind of did when I talked to Kevin, but I figure I won't repeat myself now. If you had to describe this game in, like, a sentence, like, what sort of gameplay style is this? I mean, this is just, it's Bomberman with with some power, with weird power-ups. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of Bomberman, but no. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, I, if, if I was asked first, I would say it's Bomberman with a shovel. Yeah, well, there you go. That that's exactly how we described it. To be honest, it's about. And in fact, the first thing I did was just kind of look at. The first thing I usually do is I'll look at the box art, and then I'll look at like stills because uh, I, I don't immediately want to jump into video of a game. So a lot of times I want to see it in motion first. And looking at it, it's like this is bomber. And it doesn't help that there are a lot of unique power ups in this game, but the ones I was seeing were were bombs and roller skates. And I was like, hmm, okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's, if you want to be like a game, I, Bomberman is not the worst pick. I love it. Um, I'll get on board with the Bomberman game any day. But go, I think going into this initially, I was like, is this going to like have its own identity? Or is this going to be one of those where when I get done playing it, I'm just going to say, fuck, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go play Bomberman. That was, that was the, my main thought going in because it does not present. Uh, very unique at all, um, just just on paper and just in picture. It looks like Bomberman and that it's a top-down mm-hmm. viewed maze map. You know, think of like Pac-Man, but instead of seeing the entire screen, you can only see parts of the screen. Um, your character has to run around through this maze, avoiding enemies, or you can, you know, destroy them. Uh, the other thing you do is pick up these treasure chests. Each level has 16 treasure chests. Once you pick up all the treasure chests, a key will appear somewhere in the maze, usually nearby wherever you pick up your last treasure chest. And then you use that once you uh, to uh, to find and open the door to escape the level uh, to where you get to another clear, you know, new, brand new level, different maze, uh, arguably different graphics and stuff. Uh, there's... The story of the game has you cycling through different times, so that explains why each level is like one of three or four different tile sets. Mm-hmm. There's like a fantasy one, or not fantasy, but like a, a past one, and a future one, and a current one, and there's one that looks like it's actually like a, a super futuristic in space kind of thing. Like it's it's the same sort of level design. Each level is a bunch of ma- is is a, a top down maze view where you scroll around through the maze. You can't see it all on one screen, but the, at least the background's changed a little, which is nice. Unlike a game like Bomberman though, you don't have to clear your way through. There aren't walls blocking you. Mm-hmm. It's just maneuver around this maze, getting these treasure chests and avoiding enemies. Um, you mentioned it's like Bomberman with a shovel. That's because your main way to destroy enemies is at the very start of the game, you push the the two button because the buttons on the TurboGrafx controller are one and two, uh, you will dig a hole in the ground right in front of you. You can walk through that hole. It doesn't hurt you. Nothing bad happens. But if an enemy walks in that hole, uh, they will fall into the hole and eventually die. Or you can go back up, hit that same button again, and fill the hole in. Uh, They will then leave like a gravestone, give you extra points, and possibly drop some of those power-ups that Billy mentioned that are, you know, plentiful in this game. Uh, Along with getting power-ups, that way there are other power-ups that are just sitting on the map in certain spots. Namely shovel icons and roller skating icons roller skate icons make you move a little bit faster uh, but they stack so if once you have a bunch of roller skating icons you will fly through the maze which is good and bad much like any, any, that, any... I, I was about to say that is that's that oof that is for me that that's a little more bad than it is good I think getting one or two is great. I think getting yes. eight or nine you're driving off of things because there are parts especially in later levels where you have to walk carefully around bodies of water and things to not mm-hmm. fall on them because they will instantly kill you. Uh, you do have a number of lives. One hit will kill you. Falling off the map kills you. Um, 
And you start right where you were in the maze. So it's not even like the maze restarts. If you've taken nine treasure chests and you die, you only have to get the other seven that remain in the maze. Uh, but much like a shmup, if you do die, you lose all your power-ups. You start back again with the only power-up you have being, you know, hit the two button and dig a hole. Um, the, sho the shovel icons, to get back to the treasure, the items that are just in the maze, shovel icons will allow the digging hole you have to be longer. So instead of a hole being one space, it'll be the first time you grab the shovel, it's two spaces long. And then the next time you grab a shovel, it's four spaces mm -hmm. long. And the next time you grab a shovel, it's six spaces long. And it goes over and over again until eventually you you hit the dig button and you, have a sh you shoot a line of holes all the way across the screen until you hit a wall or any other thing that would block your appearance, which makes it very easy to trap monsters. Uh, but what does make it more difficult is their gravestones, once you kill them, will block that shovel. So the more monsters you kill, the less big your like super long shovel hit once you have a mm -hmm. bunch of shovel icons is. Um, I don't think that's generally a problem. And most of the time, as long as you can dig up, honestly, even the singles hole, but once you get two or four uh, length of your, of your shovel, you're probably as good as you need to be. Uh, but there are plenty of other items that show up uh, while you're killing these enemies in the level. Uh, the enemies also do respawn constantly, so it's not like you can just clear the maze out and be done. Much like in a Pac-Man, they kind of come back in after a, a, an amount of time. So the other items you can find are a helmet that will make you invincible for about 30 seconds, uh, medicine that slows everything down. It looks like it has like a, a one half. It, it says medicine according to the manual, but it looks like a one half. And it makes every other mm -hmm. enemy's speed by half. A stopwatch, which clearly just stops them. An ice crystal turns everybody into blue gems you can slam against the wall, which will also get you more power ups. The bombs, like Billy mentioned, which work exactly like bombs in Bomberman, and that they shoot in four directions uh, and, and will destroy everything in the path, including you. You can kill yourself with a bomb. Uh, Yo-yos just turn your regular weapon in. Instead of digging a shovel, you're just hitting a yo-yo forward like you're in Goonies 2. A bubble gun, which is less exciting, uh, shoots literally a, a beam at a monster, which will turn it into a bubble. It will float up in the air, pop, and they will die. I never got any power-ups from those, but I didn't use them too often to, to guarantee that doesn't happen. I think they just die. And then the last item is the freeze beam gun, which will turn, turn one enemy into the same thing as like the ice crystals, and you can then slam them against the wall. All those items that I just mentioned, except for the shovel and the... Roller skates only last about 30 seconds. You'll hear a timer go yeah. off or there will be a counter, and after that, it stops working. But you'll want to basically get as many shovels and arguably as many roller skates as you can to get your character powered up pretty early. Because uh, I don't I don't think... Unlike, I mentioned like in a shmup, you lose all your power-ups. I think it's nowhere near as damaging or as painful as that. As long as you've gotten, you know... It, a couple shovels and a couple mm -hmm. uh, roller skates. You're as good as you need to be. Everything else is possibly damaging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a good thing about it is that it doesn't take a lot of collecting. And, and I think that is a sweet spot. At least a couple. You can't have enough shovel, in my opinion. But a couple, two, three under your belt, and it's all you need. The skates. Oh, my God. I And it might just be me, um, but I was just notorious for just going straight into the water off too many skates get a couple and as far as i'm concerned at my skill level that's all i mean so it, it is good that you aren't going to spend all your time just trying to amass power-ups to to get to a, a a decent um kind of power on here or to where you're able to perform kind of to the top of what you can. I, I feel like you can do that pretty pretty easily. And yes, early on, you're going over a lot of the power-ups. Um, yeah, early on in the game, I was glad that this game, it does set itself apart. There are similarities. Uh, this game does have enough there 
Um, Torrid has its own personality, which it, which was my big concern. And I was like, I mean, well, we're just doing a Bomberman game, um, which we're not. Yeah, this game did a good job of just kind of kind of reassuring me early on that it wasn't going to be like that. There there are the different power-ups like you're talking about. There are springs that can shoot you like over areas in here. Um, there, are, there are doors which can help you and can knock your ass right in the water too. Um, there, there are a lot of little extra things here uh, that give this game kind of a personality, kind of a feel of its own. Uh, so it, it, it wasn't far into it. And it's, you know, TurboGrafx-16, even the worst games we've done here, um, you know, the ones you liked, um, even the worst ones, uh, it's usually, if it's on the TurboGrafx, it's usually a looker. And this is a nice-looking game. You know, nice-looking 16-bit game. Love the music in it. Like, there, there are some fucking toe-tappers in here <laughs> as you're playing through. So there's a lot of great things presentation-wise. And it's easy to control. It's easy, especially you know, back with the comparisons. If you play Bomberman, it's, it's very easy to pick up the, the concepts of this game. There are different power-ups to work with here. Um, but I, I, I do think a Bomberman history helps coming in. But no, this, this game did, even though I say that, did do a good job of kind of going out on its own and not just feeling like a clone as I was playing along. And it's one of those that, that kind of from the start, I, I, I'm, I got on board with it. Early on, I, I thought it was just going to be the easiest game I've ever played. Because, I mean, if, oh, you, can, yeah. if yes. you can imagine Bomberman, but, it, you know, without the bombs, and instead it just gives you a a super easy thing that you just throw out in front of you instead of, you know, putting the whole strategy of Bomberman was timing the bombs to not kill you, but to kill everything else. It, that was the challenge, but here, like that challenge is gone. Uh, it is literally just, you can throw your shovel out. Enemy's gone. You're good to go. Of course they keep spawning while, while you play the level, but man, I was like, God, this is just, you know, Bomberman on easy mode. But like after you've played a few levels and stuff like that, it the game kind of starts to uh, really focus on more of the maze aspect than than what Bomberman ever did. You know, Bomberman mm -hmm. was more of like mm -hmm. just a a maze like arena that you ran around in. Yeah. And, and and also the thing with Bomberman is you see it all at the beginning, like it's yeah. all there. Yeah. yeah, this is like multiple screens of you know mazes that you're running around in, and just figuring out how to get through it and and things like that. That's like the real challenge. Mm -hmm. But there's even a, there's another. I'm sure Jeremy will mention it. But there's an even bigger challenge if you pick the hard mode, which kind of oh changes God. up the game completely. Um, uh, no, thank you. It, that if you want some challenge, that 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 is the <laughs> that does it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just playing it by itself, I, I found it more of a, just kind of a breezy Bomberman kind of maze game. You know, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't too hard and it was mm -hmm. more or less me getting myself in, into these bad situations instead yes. of you yes. know, the game trapping me or something like that. And that's the thing, like I'm talking about with the power-ups, it's like, you will find, yes, that you are your, <laughs> you will be the cause of your deaths in this game. Um, to to a great extent it'll be your fuck ups as you go along that that extra challenge mode no no, no that there is for me and I, and we're talking my skill level there is no fun to be had there well i'm sure we'll discuss it more but no just in the regular game i found that 
Um, if I died, a good 80% of the time, uh, it was something I could trace back to just a, a vague, uh, just a blatant mistake of my own. Well, yeah, it's definitely designed so you will only die if you, like, for example, if you can run into a monster, if you have too many of those roller skates, I found myself going so fast that I would run directly into a monster before I even had a chance to dig a hole. Or like you mentioned, falling into the water. Definitely happened to me a number of times, falling into the water. And again, it's not a massive problem. You get lives enough in the game uh, that I, I didn't ever feel like I was at a, at a danger of running out of lives on the normal mode. Um, as Jerry mentioned, there is a, a harder mode you can play. Uh, the biggest thing is you actually can fall into your own holes, which will kill you, which is a, a huge game changer. <laughs> like that on its own makes the game much harder. So... Uh, I actually didn't play a lot of that. I saw what it was, and I was like, yeah, I'll come back to it. But the normal mode, I think, is... It's not easy, easy. It starts very easy. At first, you're not going to have any problems. But I think even by the by the time you get to level 30, which is where the first boss hits, the, the the level design is increased enough that you have to make sure you're hitting warps at certain times. You have to make sure that you are able to... Um, there, there are like these caves in the wall that these guys poke spears out of. You have to time where you are very carefully so you don't get hit by them. It seems like it's very obvious, but in the heat of things and moving around, it's easy to accidentally not pay attention to that, at least for me, and, and get killed by a spearman. Um, also, uh, as Billy mentioned there, there are these like jumping gate things. Um, they look like springs almost. And you jump on those, they'll let you go in which direction you want to go. But there are some levels where those are one way only. Uh, there's no way off an island that you might jump to. And that's where the last door is, or that's where a, uh, a key is or whatever. And you can die and you'll spawn right there. And then you're invincible for a few seconds. So you can run through the water off the island. But that can't be the right way to do it, right? There's no, no reason to have a level where you have to die to continue. So it's all a matter of making sure you've kind of mapped out the level ahead of time before you make jumps at random because the the springs don't shoot you like halfway across the map they shoot you four or five squares away from where you start so it's not like you can't see where you're going to land uh, it means you just have to take a little more time to plan through the levels uh, i did you guys play this long enough to get to the boss at least the first boss of the two i made it to the first boss um and it it, it really threw me off that there there was there was a boss because yeah it's it's what it was it 30 Yep, at level three. Hit, yeah, it was. It was. I think I got beyond the point where I even thought there would be a boss, and lo and behold. That being said, it was kind of that the boss is there, but it was a, a sort of underwhelming affair, <laughs> honestly. No, oh, I didn't even know this game had bosses in it until you mentioned that. I think I probably got up into the low twenties. And I was like, I think I've seen just about everything I need to see in this one. Well, it, it, again, the difficulty increase is slow enough. I don't blame you. If I didn't know there were bosses at 30, I probably would have stopped around 20 as well. Or, or try, you know, switch to the hard mode to see how far I can get with that, thinking it was more of an endless maze game. You know, but I looked online, saw that there were 60 levels, and I was like, all right, I'm at least going to get through, you know, see, see these bosses. So the first boss is the big clay guy you see that captured your friends. He's massive, and he just basically flies around the screen. You can't touch him. If you touch him, you immediately die. But he doesn't come for you. He has a very easy-to-follow pattern. 
Um, you just have to collect all these treasure chests and make sure you don't, you know, step on where he's going to go. Meanwhile, there are other enemies in that level you can destroy with your shovel or whatever else, but you still have to avoid the big guy while, you know, avoiding them or killing them and getting the treasure chests. You get all those treasure chests and he will freeze. You get like a, and die. You get a big key, get to leave a level that way. The last boss of the game is very similar. He's like a big guy in a cloak. He does the same thing. He flies around, doesn't really target you. The difference is he actually does kind of lob bombs at you. Um, these little bombs, not massive ones, but still you have to watch, you know, he's the only thing in the game that fires at you, basically, is the very last boss of the game. You have to avoid him, get all the treasure chests, and uh, and eventually, you know, once you get all 16, he will again freeze and die. You get the key, you save your last friend, and you get to, you know, watch a, a, the nice end cinematic of you saving your friends and flying off through time, so your friends can get into a, mm. a fight, because that's what friends do in real life, I guess, and the game ends. It. Oh my god, come where, where's the spoiler tag? Well, there's where, no spoiler tag on this because this is not the kind of game you're playing for the story. I didn't mind sharing that. I, I do think playing it on the harder mode uh, is is more interesting of a way to play this. It definitely ramps the interest oh, up. God. As a kid, I would have played this on the normal mode, and I don't know if I ever would have finished it. I know uh, Kevin said he never finished it. Uh, not a surprise. There are passwords you can get to restart at other levels, but it is each level only takes... I mean, you have an eight-minute time limit, but I don't think there was any level that took me longer than two to three minutes, and that was taking my oh, time. Yeah, I, I instantly got nervous. Like uh, the, that old old school, you see a time limit, you know, it's probably made to where it's going to take you right up to it. But no, it's 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 very generous. I, I will say that. I, I don't think I finished any the levels I went through. I don't think I finished any of them with with less than like at least a, a two or three minutes to spare. So since this is the only time I'm ever going to get to really mention this, <laughs> like this is a, this game has one of my favorite things to fast or just to be amazed with, with old okay. video games. Um, this one was supposed to be, uh, well, it was in Japan. It was a completely different game. It was Doraemon or whatever. Yep. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. yeah you were the, the big blue cat. I'm sure I've mispronounced that, but yeah, it was that over there. And like I used to, when I was a kid, I was just fascinated with the fact that whoever would bring it to the West would just be like, all right, it can't be that because it just, it, it can't be, we can't put that out there to sell here in the, in the West. So let's, instead of a big blue cat, let's turn you in like a, a dollar general mega man and, <laughs> you know, and then just kind of. Yeah turn everything else into the most random shit you can imagine. <laughs> and it just, none of the, none of the game makes sense at all. But if you look at the the original Japanese game, it kind of has a, a better theme and, you know, yeah. everything kind of fits together better. Yeah. But this is just a bunch of random crap. And it used to happen all the time, especially back on like the NES and Super NES. Like I remember there was like a, a Ranma half game that became a completely different game here. Mm -hmm. And it was terrible. But it, just stuff like that has always fascinated me. That you, yeah. that even back then they could look at the, the craziest shit and be like, "No, that's a bit too crazy. Let's just have it make absolutely no sense over in the West." And I wonder and, if some and, of. The, oh, go ahead, Bill. No, and I and I wonder what it was. You know, I mean, obviously, if they could look into, you know, that modern day fucking meme culture, we we love a fucking cat. Damn. Game with a big blue cat, that's going to be a top seller. I mean, they put out Stray. That's an all-cat game, and it's fucking excellent. Uh, I guess a game with a cat as a main character at that time was just was was too far ahead of its time. But, yeah, but I do wonder. It's I, I do think we, a lot of times, got games that were like, let's make it a tough guy. You know, let's, let's take this, let's make it tough. 
let's like you said, a fucking damn wish Mega Man, uh, and all that, and it worked for the game. And I think if you didn't know any better, you'd be like, okay, I mean, I'm I'm going along with it. I think I think it further added. If you would have went with the original, you would have had even less of the uh, the the Bomberman comparison to make. I. I um, I would only yeah. disagree because I looked at that version of the game because I, I knew that as yeah. well. And it still plays the same. I think you'd still get that yeah. Bomberman comparison. Uh, I, I don't know if in this case, if it's a matter of, did they think, well, we didn't really know who the Doraemon is. So is it, was it the idea that just um, Americans wouldn't know who it is, so why waste time on it? I and mean, they don't want to pay for the license? I, 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 would be, uh, I would be on board with a, a, a big blue cat doing whatever. Like, I, I'm in. Like what? What's he doing? He's shoveling shit. He's throwing bombs down. It's like let's fucking let's go. I, I'm in. And I I don't know. I, I I think I just get the Bomberman comparison because once they they change the character over, I mean you know, get a little helmet. You got the you got the you got the thing going on. I, I think it. Uh, I, I like the the kind of very distinct look that the original had, but I mean it's it's just you know it's it's just a different look. I mean the Core gameplay stayed the same, and it's great. But yeah, it, it is a weird thing in determining, like, what is the thing? Who was the one in that boardroom that was like, you can't bring a big blue cat to the States. Can't do it. It'll never work. You're fucking I, nuts. I think you're right. I mean, it was just kind of that time back then where, you know, everything had to look like a G.I. Joe or something like yeah. that. Yes. You know, it, or a guy. You couldn't bring a girl. As a main character, oh hell no! That no. that just wasn't going to Maybe, maybe fly it was a uh, maybe it was a girl cat. Maybe that was I, a I don't know. I don't know the the whole Doraemon lore or anything, but um, it it certainly you know it. I, by then, I was just kind of like, all right, you know, everything's weird in video game land, and it would have fit in. I wouldn't have cared at all. But it was just something about with some of these uh, publishers that brought things to the West that is like, all right, it can't be a girl. It can't be a weird animal. <laughs> we got to make it into a dude and we got to make the enemies a little, you know, more what we in the West would, would notice or something, I guess. I don't know. Um, this one just kind of looks like a big mess of stuff that, you know, lo looks like a bunch of wingdings that he put in a fucking game. And it's it's fine. It works well. But yeah, it's just like, why? <laughs> you put so much effort into bringing this over here and changing so much shit. And the end result is literally the same. Well, and it's either that or they take a game that was in, in Japan, something that was not uh, tied to a, a slogan, and they throw something on like they did for Yo Noid, right? That was a game that was just a samurai game. And here it's like, oh, no, we've got the Noid to it. He has a skateboard. Good times. So I guess you got it both directions. You can't just always say it's, oh, well, this was too weird. Maybe it, it has to have something to do with the licensing. Or it really could have just been, uh, you know, let's find a way to make Bomberman without having Bomberman, even though the system did, in fact, have Bomberman within a year. Uh, of releasing this. Both Bomberman and Bomberman 93 uh, came out for this system in the U.S. alone, not to mention however many were in, in Japan. So now that we've played a handful of TurboGrafx games, so we have that to compare it to, only in that, that you know, with this, uh, pretending you only own a TurboGrafx, do you think you'd recommend this game? I mean, I, I yeah. If, if I had a, a TurboGrafx and then just randomly rented this back in the day, I would have liked it. Uh, there's there's a lot of games on the Turbo Graphics that that I would have liked, even though it was a heavy shooter system and I wasn't the biggest shooter fan back in the day. Like there's there's more than enough on there that 
what we've played, like I, yeah, I would have recommended it. If anybody, if you could have found one or, you know, found anybody that actually wanted one, it was just a case of you couldn't really, you know, it wasn't out there like the NES and fuck the master system was barely out there. So it it was, you know, it wasn't an easy recommendation. You could just be that weird kid that everyone else is like, man, that guy's over there playing games that don't even exist. But, you know, it's, this is just, it's, it's a fun little game. I would totally recommend it. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I guess the obvious thing would be anyone that's a, you know, an old fan of Bomberman, you would throw this out there. It's more kind of story-based, um, uh, more kind of objective, better. It's meatier than the, you know, the, the, the Bomberman gameplay, but no, otherwise, even that, um, sight on a uh, world Bomberman does not exist. Uh, back in the day, uh, yeah, this this is a great little 16-bit game. Like I said, it, it looks nice. Um, I, I, sounds good. I, I love it. Uh, I, I like a lot of the sound effects, especially when you, when you catch an enemy and essentially bury them. Um, and, and apparently they're fucking grave. Um, it, it, it has a lot of charm to it. It would have even more if they left it, like a, 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 a cat killing these scores of people hell yeah um but no as it as it stands it, it's it's a good game it's like a, it's a competent game it has its own feel it has its own personality um and it's it's a, a pretty decent game to play through there are some things uh, like we talked about earlier you can get you can get overpowered especially with your speed as you're going along um that hard mode fuck it no never um but it's it's a lot of levels i mean get ready i i think you'll probably get fatigued as time goes on i i as much as i did like this game i don't know i tapped out shortly after the first boss which would put me in the early 30s and i really don't know how much more of this game i even liking it how much more I could have played through. I think it's one of those where the number of levels, even though they're not long, I do think um, fatigue is going to, is going to set in because it is more of the same. Every level I, they change up a little bit. They look a little different. There's different strategies, but it, the, the core gameplay uh, from the start just, just remains uh, but no, I, I man, I'm, I'm going to say it. And I'm saying this more lately than I thought I would be. But it's another another good title on, on the Turbo Graphics. Yeah, I definitely think it's worth playing. Uh, I, I think for me, I would go the opposite. I would say go with the hard mode once you get the core down. Because I, I would rather Oof. play a smaller number of more difficult levels than play 30 to 60 levels that are a little more, a little less mm. difficult. And, and I feel like I was trudging through them by the end to see the bosses. I think having more challenge, uh, although that would be a, a feat to go through 60 levels on that hard mode. Uh, but you know, you get passwords, you can, you can try it, see how you're doing. I, I'd like that challenge either way, uh, especially for an early era turbo graphics game at the time. I'm, I'm sad I didn't play this before. Cause this would definitely have been one that I would have thought fondly on uh, years later. Mm.
So that's our thoughts on Crater Maze, a TurboGrafx-16 that I did not pick. It was picked by one of our patrons, Kevin. Thank you again for picking that. And if, like Kevin, you really want us to cover your favorite TurboGrafx game, or really any system, I'm not going to be too picky, uh, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. The link is always in the description of this podcast, but it's also found at Retrovania.net. You go there, not only do you find the link to our Patreon that gives you access to bonus shows, but also forcing us to cover your game at a certain point, but if you scroll down past all our social media and our YouTube links and everything else, there's a question form. And that question form lets you ask any question on your mind to us. And we'll answer it on the show like we're going to do right now. That's right, everyone. And praise the Lord, because there are no questions this week from Donkey Dick Dave. So, <laughs> no. You can turn the podcast off now if you want to. <laughs> He's not here. Instead, we're starting off with Stinky McFeederson. Oh, that's and an upgrade. Yeah. He's writing in about, he's like, hey, all, what them toes do. Love the show. Love the patron. Love Seaman Grandpa. Don't we yeah. all? Yes. Since, since my patron game of choice has been redeemed, I just wanted to bring to light a hidden gem from the golden era of gaming, to me at least. A PS2 game called Samurai Western. It's a 2005 mm -hmm. game that doesn't offer much more than what the title tells you, but does offer a lot of fun. It's a challenge if you don't mind playing games that are not perfect, but are enjoyable with a little patience and open-mindedness. I enjoyed the Red Dead stream so much, it brought me back to that time. Even though Westerns aren't my favorite, those games, along with Gun, definitely kept my attention. Mm. If anyone is familiar with Samurai Western, I would love to hear your thoughts. Also, just wanted to drop a line to say we miss you guys on Twitch. I know Jeez. life happens, so we all understand. But keep streaming when you can, Jeremy and Billy. Anytime you want to shake the table and stream again, you've got my Twitch sub. Have you ever streamed together? If not, would you? Maybe Weekend Warrior style. Anyways, thanks for all you do. Keep bringing the awesome content, and I will continue the pledge. Now we 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 haven't streamed together. Uh, you know, I, I've mentioned Jeremy P. I think is a little shy about streaming with another fella. Uh, I, it could be it could be something but no it's um i i have been so far out of it i was one of those people uh i was able to stream due to covid and being out of work for months which i, I think was similar similar situation that got jeremy p going um it was just a lot easier then when there were a lot of hours in the day um a lot of free time it is something I still consider. I actually uh, recently, and, and don't hold me to a single damn thing, recently kind of got the, uh, the the capture device, all that, hooked back up, um, kind of upstairs, kind of self-setting up something where I could. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's really a time. As far as Samurai Western, not familiar, um, but just based off the name, it sounds like something... <laughs> I would uh, be interested in, and it's, I, I think when we wrap up something, I'll, I will probably have a peek at. Uh, yeah, I was streaming a lot because I was unemployed uh, and trying to find something to do, and streaming was fun. I do enjoy it. I still do streaming occasionally, not nearly as much. Uh, for a while, I was doing Saturday morning Evercade streaming, uh, which is fun, but it's been a couple weeks since I've done that. I, I do like streaming. I will definitely do more of it at some point, but yes, uh, it's, it's, life is busy, uh, <laughs> along mm -hmm. with all the podcast stuff we're doing. Mm -hmm. I do have a regular full-time job, and uh, this summer specifically is extremely busy. Uh, I am familiar with Samurai Western. Mm. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is the definition of 
like this kind of janky 2D, like janky 3D third person action. I I think it's fun, but it is it is a little sloppy, but but pretty neat. It's also very expensive uh, to find a copy of Samurai Western. At least the English version is going to run you several hundred dollars. But it is a neat game. Uh, I did have it. I don't think it was as not that Gun was amazing, but I did like Gun. Or you know, it's nowhere near a Red Dead Redemption or Red Dead Revolver. It it's fine. It is goofy in a good way. I did enjoy it. Um, I would love to play it again, but I uh, during one of those times when I wasn't working, I did sell my copy of Samurai Western. So the chance of me finding another one that's not going to run me uh, several hundred dollars is pretty slim. But it's a neat game. If you can find a way to play it that maybe doesn't involve that, I recommend it. Yeah, I've never heard of that one, honestly, myself. And I, unlike these two very social people, do not stream. So that will not be happening in the future for me. But hopefully you guys can get back up there and going. I, I, there's a few people that actually ask me here and there, uh, the, when, what you know, if you guys are going to do it anymore. There was, uh, I know one person was a big fan of Billy streaming his damn fishing game. So <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Hell uh, yeah. <laughs> it's right, it's I mean, requested somehow so hopefully yeah. you can get back somehow. to doing it. you yeah, know what as, some, as a follow-up from last week maybe while i'm on vacation i will stream my attempts to catch a fish in super black yes <laughs> we gotta see it like we we need to see that first fish caught because i think at this point we won't believe you if you just say hey i caught one true it has to be memorialized somehow yes but yeah thanks for writing in stinky stinky mcfederson Good to hear from you. Our next two questions are somehow related. I'm not sure how this one happened. But the uh, the first one comes in from Gerald G. Money Grimes, and he's writing in to ask about inquiring minds. I'm sure someone else has asked this already, but in case they haven't, do either of you do, do either of the other guys have any embarrassing butthole related stories? <laughs> if not, how how about non embarrassing ones? And the next question comes in for Jeremy's Jeremy Gregory's delicious asshole. And he's writing in about hello, my gracious host. Hey, Jeremy, do you have the number for that sexy doctor? I winked at him and blew him a kiss the last time I saw him, but haven't heard back. I was hoping to go for more, (laughs) go for chocolate donuts with him. Now onto my actual question, which character in gaming do you think is the, is the biggest asshole, but you can't help but love him anyway. Kind regards. Poot poot. I, <laughs> man, we just went on a whirlwind there. Um, I, I, I would wonder that he blew that doctor a kiss. I'd like to know what he blew him a, what part he blew him a kiss with. Um, I have nothing for the first half <laughs> of that. Um, just just pure hell of a question. Uh, but no, biggest asshole in gaming, he can't help but love. I, you've got to be going around the Wario slash Waluigi area. Guys that are just, just kind of dicks. Greedy, but just uh, just lovable, just from the look of them. And just with Wario, how goddamn disgusting. Almost as, as disgusting as that question. Just how damn disgusting he is. Uh, there, there's just some quality to him. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to gracefully bow out of this one at this point. 
Uh, as far as the biggest asshole in gaming, I mean, like the the guy from God of War is kind of a shithead, uh, but that's fine. It's kind of his thing. Uh, also, I I would have to say Squall's right up there. I don't like him though, so maybe that's not a likable asshole. Just a guy I don't like. Um, you know, I don't have. Thankfully, I don't have a whole lot of embarrassing butthole stories. The closest I have is you know the times I have shit in my own pants, uh, which are not that often. Uh, but I'm sure I've talked about the time that I thought I was going to fart on my cat, and instead yes. I. Like sumo stood over him and uh, <laughs> and tried to force a fart out and shattered. Completely my, had that one coming. And it, it just blew my pants out. My work, I was dressed for work, ready to go. I had to actually go take Ooh. a shower and get dressed again. Yeah, uh, you're ready to go, all right. Yeah, I don't know if I have any other ones that are as good as that one. That that's the only one. That, oh, the time I thought it would be a good idea, I was very sick. I had some kind of stomach <laughs> virus, and I was in the middle of going to the bathroom, and I felt like I had to throw up. Now, a normal person would say, "I'll grab this trash can and I will throw up into it." I, on the other yeah. hand, I was sick. I was not feeling well. Didn't make any sense. I thought I need to stand up and spin around and try to just vomit, even though I just started shitting in this toilet. To vomit in the toilet, it's not like a mess. <laughs> and instead, when I tried to vomit, which I did succeed to do, I also forced uh, liquid out of my other end, which sprayed all over the wall. So that's the other embarrassing one. I've got, uh, those aren't really butthole stories, though. So, um, you know, amazingly, I'm not single. So sorry, ladies. Well, I am, and that probably goes along with the amount of of shitty fucking stories that I have told on this podcast. And <laughs> I, it's I don't I don't think it's fair that Billy gets to bow out from this. I have told on this podcast uh, I, I, to I public have, people, I, yeah, in public, that I have shit on a on the lid of a toilet. <laughs> I've showed my asshole to a doctor. Yes. I God and several others. I that one of, of my friend Ronnie taking a shit in the middle of the aisle in, in Target. Um uh, it, it just goes on. <laughs> and actually just the other week, I, I ate I think I told you guys I ate frog legs from a Chinese buffet. Yes. And and then the next day, I the next morning, on a Zoom call, <laughs> shit my pants. <laughs> it and it wasn't one of those, you know. I'm, I just have to get up and excuse myself very slowly. It was me fucking running out of the chair, so it was it was pretty obvious that something went wrong, and it did go wrong. Yeah. And I I didn't come back to that meeting for like fifteen minutes. So I mean, I mean, with with all you provide yourself, what I'm not even needed. You're you're a one man band of of shittery and and asshole stories i was like i i you know i don't know i I, I i maintain pretty i maintain pretty decent control i i try to at least it always makes me think about our old friend trev yes oh it, it all started with the, him perhaps the king of um of not being able to contain yourself stories um due, due to an allergic reaction yeah, on an, in an ambulance to the the healthcare provider, and it was a, it was it was it was messy. I I'll never forget reading that. That was one of the funniest things I have ever read. Of just locking eyes with that that guy yeah. in the ambulance and just shitting yeah. for like a solid two minutes. Oh God, <laughs> he's a hero. But yeah, thanks. Uh, no, actually, I'm not thanking them for writing in that. That's terrible. Um, we're going to move on to yeah. the next question. Don't do that. Don't do that again. <laughs> Try not to. Next question comes in from Jimmy Redders, and he's writing in to say, top podcast. 
Mm. Hey, lads, sending you this from lovely MoCap in England. MoCap? Mm-hmm. MoCap? I don't know. <laughs> Just wanted to say absolutely love the podcast as an old yeah. bastard myself. Love hearing fellow old bastards talk about mm-hmm. how good games used to be. Love well, we've it, got lads. three of those on here. <laughs> Keep up the good work. You make my commute to work and back tolerable. Genuinely mean that as well. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that, that was nice. And nice. It's complimentary. Um, there's There's no talk of assholes within it besides these old assholes doing the show um uh, you know you, you call it a top podcast a, a top piece of mail right there yeah definitely thanks for writing in jimmy next question comes in from cozy pug and he's writing in to say i couldn't tell your voices apart <laughs> what the hell i love <laughs> the game einhander and really enjoyed your review I think you missed one thing about the game that really did that stood out to me when I played it. Did you notice the language of of the Earth is German and the language of the Moon is English? Mm. P.S. It took me about fifty episodes before I could tell the difference between the voice of Jeremy P. and Jeremy G. You okay. cracked me up, and All that right. goes for Billy too. All right, I, I was about to say I think you know, the the one of these things is not like the other on this this show, so. I was glad there that he 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 specified it was the two of you. Yeah, we do sound very similar, uh, but that's okay. I think it works out really well. We'll know which one's who based on the stories they tell about their own assholes. I I don't know. I, I don't know. There there, it's dire on either end. Well, that is true. I mean, no matter which way you go, you're, you're going down a, a life of pain, basically. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for writing in Cozy Pug. Actually, uh, I don't know if we even mentioned it in the podcast, uh, but Einhander itself stands for, uh, is German for one arm, I believe. Mm. So just like the what you're using in the ship is just a single arm, basically, to use your, your weapon power-ups and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that that's what that means, in, in case everyone was too lazy to translate that one. Next question comes in from Jay King, and he's writing in about Gone Fishing. Hey guys, I hope everyone's doing well. I just started going back out fishing now that the cold weather is going away and got to thinking about fishing games. Of course, Sega Bass Fishing came to mind. I'd love to see it covered eventually, especially with that cool-ass Dreamcast fishing rod controller. Yes. Also, I know it's not retro, but I would also love to hear a Cuphead DLC episode, maybe as a bonus patron content. Um, I mean, I've played the Sega Dreamcast fishing game, I mean, years ago, not anytime yes. recently, but I did play with that controller and I do recall that it was amazing. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have a way to play that effectively to talk about it effectively, but I did enjoy it. Uh, and maybe that is a good, if I can find a way to, to hook that up, maybe we could do that as a, as a cool gone fishing. I, I do think that's mm-hmm. a fun game. Um, also yeah. I would love to do a Cuphead episode. I don't know if either of you guys played the DLC. Oh yeah. Uh, it will be an okay bonus episode. I think if we talked about just the DLC, um, uh, more than the, the full game, but, um, you know, it, we have a lot of topics that might be one coming up though. Yeah. Um, and, and same, I, I did love the Cuphead, um, DLC. I, I would be up for it. And yes, I played, uh, that, that game with the, with the, the old fishing peripheral back in the day. I love any game, uh, that puts out like, like any kind of gimmick for fishing. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite experiences, I think I mentioned on here was that, that little handheld LCD game where it, the, the, the handheld is like a little reel and fucking love that thing to death. 
Um, I, I don't have really access to that now. Um, but yeah, if that was something that could be snatched up on a nice eBay deal or, or hitting a state sale with somebody that doesn't have a fucking clue what they got, uh, that, that would be something great to, to look into. Yeah. I, I love the, the Sega bass fishing for, for Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. I, I did, I imported that fucking game with the controller, the rod controller. Oh. And, uh, that was an amazing experience. Basically, basically my entire family is a bunch of rednecks and they love fishing. So when I introduced, no matter where I took the Dreamcast and introduced that, blew their fucking minds. Yeah. Like, they could not believe what, it might it may as well have just been virtual reality to them. <laughs> and, you know, I, I remember once I took it over to my mom's house and my uncle was there and he was, he just, he sat there and played it for like three hours straight. And he, he couldn't believe, you know, just what was actually happening on screen. He absolutely loved that game. I, I think it's just a good fishing game. It's simple. It is, you know, there's, yeah. there's enough strategy there to kind of, you know, catch those big fish if you want. But you can also, you know, just catch a fish. It's not hard. It, it's mm-hmm. not like the Super NES where Jeremy can't catch a fucking fish. Like this, you you'd literally have to not have a brain to catch a fish. So um, it, it's... It's really good in that that aspect of just you can get better if you want to, but you can also just have mm-hmm. have some good fun catching those fish. Uh, but yeah, thanks for writing in, Jay King. We'll we'll see if we can do something about that. Next up comes from Brian Greenmore. He's wanting to talk about Starborn Blood Valley. I'm listening to episode 179 and had to smile when Billy started talking about Stardew Valley again and told me to plug my ears. He redeemed himself, though, with some Bloodborne talk. I give you guys crap, but I always look forward to the next episode, and I appreciate the work that you put into this. Keep it up. Well, maybe we can shut Billy up about Stardew Valley sometime. Yeah, good luck, because let me tell you when I'm... um, (laughs) Let me tell you what's queued up on the Switch right now, even though I'm playing Zelda um it's i i have to finish up uh the, the end of the week on stardew when i get back on i'm on ginger island i'm going hard uh i am trying to finish everything there i could talk about this at length um but i you know i, I that's that's not your thing so i'll i'll bow out i, I will not be shut up at stardew valley it may be uh it it I think that game just has so much staying power. And look, you, you're doing this. You've caused this. I didn't plan on talking about it today. And now I am. And this is this blood is on your hands. Um, but no, I, I, I just there's a handful of games out there that I think are games you are going to talk about at great length. And what possibly seems like forever. What seems like the, the years and years that a podcast has gone on. Um, well, that's one of them. BS. Thank you. It's 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 good to have a a nice loyal listener, even if he doesn't always like what he's listening to. Uh, you know, it, it's it's also nice to have a captive audience. That works too. Well, you know, the first person to actually uh, mention about doing an episode for Harvest Moon for the for the Super <laughs> NES that, that may have been mentioned this very week. Yes. yes. It was, and I can only imagine what else will be mentioned during that episode. So, uh, I mean, mean, obviously, other Harvest Moon games. You know, we're playing Harvest Moon. You mean that, you know, I'll mention another Harvest Moon title. Correct. Or or another one. Or, you know, not the 
not the game that took that formula and and you know nailed it. Um, no, that's no. I, I would like. I think people want some Harvest Moon, and I think the people want whatever conversation arises from <laughs> that episode. Yeah, thanks for writing in, Mister Greenmore. We'll we'll see about that in the future. All right, let's get a couple more questions in here, and then call it a day. Next question comes in from Rinkaby, and he's wanting to talk about episode 165. I love when you guys, like, like say the numbers, like we know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, I, 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 I have no, no clue. I, I, I think we all right now are doing what I'm doing and, and looking, <laughs> looking it up. I don't know when anyway. the game is mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you mention the game, we I can I can figure that one out sometimes, but... And there, well, there are some of those that, that write in that's just like, I was listening to the, you know, the Banjo-Kazooie podcast. And I was like, we did a fucking episode on Banjo-Kazooie? We what? did. <laughs> 165, according to this, would put us at Jackie Chan. <laughs> Jackie Chan action kung fu. Another TurboGrafx-16 gem. Well, that one was also on the NES, so we can, we can yeah, let it yeah. slide. All right. Firstly, I just found out about your podcast about two days ago on Spotify, and I've listened to about 10 or more episodes as I drive to work. However, I'm listening to episode 165, and I'm not sure who said it, but one of you said that eating friggin' hot dogs with scrambled eggs in a tortilla, and it made me audibly gasp in disgust. <laughs> and I, feel, I feel compelled to tell you that I eat my mac and cheese with eggs sometimes. Over easy. That's it. Keep up the fun show. Who said that? I said that. That, was, that is something okay. I've totally yeah. done yeah. Uh, several times, in fact. Yeah. Uh, it's not something I choose to make. Uh, there are just things you make when you only when you <laughs> want to leave your house, and you might even be a little bit hungover, and you're going to make yourself something, and it could be hot dogs, eggs, and tortillas. Also, I've taken hot dogs, cut them up in pieces, uh, covered them in cheddar cheese, and treated it like the world's crappiest quesadilla. They all work. It all <laughs> involves the same ingredients, but somehow it's totally different. You know, I'm slowly learning that... I I, I think like America or, you know, the U.S. here is the only country that just doesn't put hot dogs into everything. Because, I mean, you uh, go down to Mexico, they got hot dogs in, in yeah. soups, you know, with beans, everything. You go to Korea. I mean, they've got hot dogs and ramen. It, it just It's craziness. It's a lawless world. But it, we kind of at least mostly just eat our hot dogs with buns here as hot dogs. In, so, in some households, apparently. <laughs> I, but I, I for one cannot wait um, for the for the this retrovaniacs cookbook to hit, <laughs> hit the shelves. I well, if the Golden Girls have got one, we can get yeah. one. Jeremy P with with fifty different ways. <laughs> fifty different ways. Serve your hot dogs. Fifty different ways to combine hot dogs, eggs, and tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm I'm sure we all have horrible combinations of food that we eat, so that, yeah. that we can only really tell you know the people that we trust that won't just turn us into authorities or something like that um but yeah it's uh that's that's about what we got going on we're ashamed of him as well rinkaby yeah but thanks for writing in and our final question comes from ben from illinois and he's writing in to say listening to your podcast from a van down by the river mm. first of <laughs> all thank you guys for the good podcast your show's great and features prominently into my daily drive to work most of my favorite podcasts are one of two categories, retro gaming and old episodes of Saturday Night Live. 
Nothing says nostalgia for me more than Streets of Rage, Mega Man, Castlevania, etc., but also SNL shows featuring Chris Farley, David Spade, Adam Sandler, and Norm MacDonald. Are any of you guys fans of the glory years of SNL, seasons like 12 through 20? To be honest, I don't even watch the current show, but I can't get enough of that late 80s and 90s, those late 80s and 90s shows. That That is actually the only um, kind of era of SNL that I enjoy um i didn't catch it live so much at the time uh every every now and then it was never like big viewing growing up it was never big view big viewing for me during that time um but it is definitely one of those i would see it or i would hear people either at school or like eventually it would move on to at work um kind of discussing the the skits and whatnot um, and with YouTube, it's one of those where I majorly caught up on the stuff I missed at the time. But yeah, that is that is uh, the only era of SNL that I appreciated then and kind of go back to look at now. That that time frame, 1989 to 1991, uh, was, was like my middle school to early high school era because I'm 99,000 years old. And that was, I mean, that was like, we would have sleepovers. And if it was on Saturday nights, we would all watch Saturday Night Live because it was like, oh man, this is like what adults watch. And we could stay up late enough to watch it. And it was funny. And that was a time period where, you know, even then though, you have to remember everybody that was watching it that was, you know, that would have been around 30 to 40 then was like, these aren't as good as the ones from the seventies, blah, blah, blah. Right. Every, every current, you know, everyone of a certain age says the previous era of Saturday Night Live is better than the current. I actually think some aspects of the current uh, last last few seasons of Saturday Night Live, I, I don't watch it currently like all the time, but I, I catch up clips of it. Uh, I think like the news segments are more tight now. I, I like the current guys that do the news. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you go back, if you go back and look at ones that had some of the funniest stuff, the, the Chris Farley era, the Mike Myers era, like that, that time frame has some really, really mm. solid episodes that still hold up. Um, I remember when I was you know, the same age, but I guess a little bit younger. They were playing all the original, like 1975 to 1979 episodes on Nick at Night. They would play like abridged versions. They didn't have the musical guests half the time. Yeah. Uh, yes. and, and they would, I'm sure, cut out tons of sketches because it was only half an hour long. Um, and I know there were a lot of commercials on Saturday Night Live, but not that many. Uh, but, I, you know, I remember watching those and laughing at some of them, but I don't think some of those are as good. There are some really funny stuff in there, but there's also a lot that's just like, this isn't quite like it's not edgy anymore. It's just it, it's kind of some of it's, in fact, very tame compared to some of the other stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, I I like Saturday Night Live as a whole. But I think there, there's definitely the era that that Chris Farley era that that honestly, the Will Ferrell stuff, some of the the, the like mid uh, Will Ferrell time frame on there is is also really good. Now, some people don't like it because it's just Will Ferrell yelling, but it makes me laugh every time. So, yeah, now I love Saturday Night Live. So I'm, I'm glad you do, too. I was just a bit too young, I think. Like I, I was watching Snick on Saturday nights, you know, and that was that was what was going on. And I didn't really actually start watching it until I think maybe around the uh, late '90s or so. And uh, you know, that was about the time that I was big into Comedy Central and stuff like that. And so I finally started paying attention to it then. Um, yeah, it's uh, that was probably my favorite years of the show. You know, I didn't really stick around with it for for very long. I would watch clips here and there throughout like the two thousands, and especially when mm-hmm. when they started putting the the clips on YouTube in like the twenty tens and stuff like that. That was mainly my source for Saturday Night Live uh, was, was YouTube, uh, and probably still is. 
I don't really, you know, go out of my way to watch it. I'm actually kind of surprised it's still going on somehow. I have no clue who's on it, but, you know, apparently it's a thing. But yeah, it it was, you know, that was just a part of growing up. You'd, you'd hear about it. It was, a, you know, that was the the thing. You know, if you didn't watch Saturday Night Live the next day, somebody would be talking about it and be like, no, I was watching Ren and Stimpy, dude. But yeah, it, it's it's a cool show. I enjoyed it back then. Oh, and also, I forgot my answer for the biggest asshole uh, in video games, and I'm going to go with Handsome Jack. So just, mm. just so somebody oh. can call me out for not answering that, yeah, um, I'll, I'll know if you do and you didn't listen all the way to the end. And this mm-hmm. is the end, boys and girls. You have made it all the way to the end of another lovely podcast. And if you'd like to write in and ask us a question, please go to retrovania.net. Is that our, that's our URL? Yeah, yeah, that is yep. <laughs> retrovania.net. <laughs> Had a stroke there for a second. Uh, you can go all the way down to the bottom, fill out that cool ass form, send yeah. it in, and through the magic of the internet, we will answer it on this show as long as your name is not Donkey Dick Dave. Honestly, even if it is, we've done it twice, we'll probably do it a third time. And if you've written a question to us, I got a couple it's like messages. Beetlejuice, we can't. I we can't help it. But I got I got a message on on Twitter, a couple of them that you know, people are saying, Hey, did you get my message? We have a lot of mail. It takes a it takes a while to go through them. And so our next episode is gonna be another episode where it's just mail the whole hour plus. So we're going to try to burn through everything we can, try to get back to current on our mailbag, uh, and that will be the first episode of July, if you're listening to this currently. If you're listening to it later on YouTube because you find it, or not, if you're watching, listening to it later in bulk because you found it in your car, just know the next episode uh, if you just keep playing it. We'll probably be all mail. I'm looking forward to seeing what's there. Uh, where you'll get your questions answered by three of the other biggest assholes in gaming, us. And thanks, and we'll see you next time. 